I'm like, which essential oil do I want today? I'm going to put some lavender oil on. Settle in. I hope you guys are feeling good, feeling great. Um, hope you had a great day today. I hope you wrote down something in your journal for your journey. And yeah. Okay, welcome back to A Girl With A Joint, the podcast that takes its name literal. Except this is another episode where that is not the case. I don't know how many times I'll say that. I was just saying, you would actively see me smoke if I am going to smoke. Or you're, you will hear me inhale. One or the other. Um, until that happens... That's just that on that. I'm just going to continue introing the podcast as it was intended to be introed. And yeah, I hope you guys are having a great day today. I hope you feel great. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Hi, hello. My name's Anastasia. And this is a girl with the joint. So on today's episode, we are going to be discussing childhood wounding. I kind of want to really unpack how the traumas you face within your childhood can directly correlate to the issues you tend to have as an adult. They are definitely interconnected, and I don't know if that is addressed or you know made to be a conversation for some people but today that's what we are talking about Um, I'm really excited for this episode this has been something that I've been working on within myself for a few years Um, and I'm still young so I'm sure you know there's more to discover and dissect as life continues for me but as of now um I'm just kind of gonna go based off of the things that I've learned and have, you know, experienced up until this point. So I want to thank everybody for supporting my last few episodes, um, for giving me really nice feedback, telling me your opinions. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. This is something that is actively assisting me also within my childhood wounding So this episode is very near and dear to my heart because, I don't know, I feel like I might have stated it in a few, um, a few moments here and there within the previous episodes, but within my childhood experience specifically, I didn't feel like I had a place to vocalize my voice and actively assert my voice in places. I feel like that kind of often is the case for some children um just because adults don't respect children's opinions because they think they are more intelligent or because they've lived a longer life that they know what they're doing i'm here to let everybody know i have debunked that case okay (laughs) within my life i have definitely debunked uh that misconception between adults and children Um, I said this before, but, uh, when I came into the world, I feel like I came into the world knowing myself and knowing exactly what I wanted for myself. And through my life experience, I have kind of had to, I don't want to say fight, but I've kind of had to stick up for me being content in self to other people and me trying to justify myself to others um that's kind of been my life experience is constantly having people challenge me and it feels very personal because within my own home life experience that was also the case and now at the age I am I can wholeheartedly say that I have been in the know for a very long time I've been very content with self for a very long time Um, It's just been a matter of my actions and surroundings reflecting the way that I felt. No matter how small 
or large the events that you faced within your childhood seem to you, they have tremendous reflections on your adult life. And it could be from something so simple happening to you one time in your life that can literally alter your reality if you allow it to and if you have not um, accepted the fact that that is a specific thing that happened to you as a child and you can relate it to your adult life. So let me go back and say that one more time in case it came off very confusing. Um, No matter how small or large the event that occurred to you in your childhood, the effects of that event, no matter the magnitude, can translate to your adult life and directly affect how you are and how you are perceived in society and how your character speaks for itself. Um, I have a list of things and I will break up like go into each piece but again I speak from a very personable stance a lot of the times so I'm using also myself as a tool to give you perspective from seeing toxic relationships from arguments fighting um, very toxic disagreements amongst adults being normalized in your household Um, from the lack of communication from the people within your family or household. Not having a safe space emotionally to present yourself as a child. Being forced to be around people or be in environments that made you feel uncomfortable. Um, For a lot of black people and people of color, being beaten or receiving like weird tactics of punishment for your actions um having a helicopter parent or constantly being micromanaged as a child directly affects your adult life having absentee parents directly affects your adult life those are just like a few of the things um So within these events, I really want you to utilize this podcast specifically to take a deep dive into yourself and your own structure in the world and what you faced. Because all of the things that happened to you happened to you and it's okay to speak about them. And even if you're just speaking about it to yourself and you do seem to get emotional on a situation, that's okay. And these are things that you need to speak about because when you disregard the fact that trauma occurred to you, you tend to be an oblivious adult later on. Um, You tend to just remain in the 3D realm of capitalism and succumb to the society that was built for you to fail in and for you to not receive and reach emotional fulfillment Okay, so I'm a very open person. I know people perceive like the term trauma dumping is a thing. I have experienced trauma dumping and trauma bonding with other people. um, And it's not a healthy experience. But what I can say is, as a person who... I would consider myself a pretty vulnerable person. I have no problem owning my truth and the things that have happened to me because I've addressed them with the people that directly affected me. So if that weren't the case, I probably wouldn't feel as comfortable as I do telling people about the things that have happened to me in my life because the reality of the situation is a lot of these things have happened to a lot of other children and just based on conversations with my peers, my other family members, um, miscellaneous strangers on the internet, etc. But we have all experienced some format of trauma based on the fact that the people who raised us are trauma-filled and had children with these traumas still within themselves that they have not resolved. So even being raised by a parent who is a traumatized child still 
that is then passed on to you and even how they raise you. Um, which I think is very important to discuss because a lot of us do come from homes of immigrants and they have this disconnect between relating their childhood trauma for some reason to being an American. I don't know what that is necessarily, but I've had a lot of situations where people who are from these different countries who come to America and succumb to whatever they believe the American dream to be have this perception of the generations or the people within their lives that do want to evolve emotionally and spiritually because I feel like evolving emotionally is a practice of evolving spiritually. Um, They have this perception that people like that are trying or believe or think it's a privilege to do so. And I'm here to tell you, it is not a privilege to want to be emotionally healed and evolved. This is not an American facade that is emplaced on a generation for fucking shits and giggles, which a lot of adults and the older generations tend to try to make others feel. I've seen it my entire life. I hear it in conversations regularly. Um, I see it presented on social media um, with cross generations being on the same platforms. There is a large disconnect, and I think the disconnect is believing that addressing the things that have happened to you is a privilege because they never got to address theirs but the only reason why they didn't address theirs is because they had children before they did and I think that's like a main factor for me why I've been in like a disdain of having children for my entire life like people my entire like since you were a kid for whatever reason being a woman In this lifetime, people will ask you about whether or not you want to be a mom or have a child when you are literally a child. And I hated those conversations and I hated hearing kids my age talk about how much they wanted to be a mom and a parent because I'm like, you're a fucking kid. Like half of your half of your parents are literally children trapped in adults bodies. Let's talk about that first. okay? like let's backtrack and like heal our generation and society before we dive into continuing to breed more traumatized people because the thing is on top of those things of just unresolved childhood trauma and having a child with unresolved childhood trauma you have to take into account especially as a black person being born on this land automatically you are born with generational trauma because of slavery slavery took place on this land therefore enables us to be in a traumatized society that has never represented our truth okay so in that instance it's very difficult to not especially as a black person not have trauma automatically that you never asked for even in a even in an environment where you are dealing with healed parents the system itself that was created to neglect black people is still the structure in which you live in therefore it's very difficult to think of yourself as a healed person in a society that automatically ingrains you in being traumatized that's something That is an entirely different conversation. I'm just trying to... Because it goes very deeply. Um, But trying to stay on track with just childhood wounding and trauma existing. And it exists amongst all um, ethnicities. But I'm speaking specifically from the Black Caribbean community. um, Because those are the majority of my peers. And mutuals and family members that I've had conversations with so okay so I do let's just dive into absentee parents because as well as being in the black community it is very normalized for there to not be a two-party um, household it's not a requirement to obviously have a two-parent functioning household 
for whatever reason, but I believe the main reason does stem from slavery and black people being stripped from their families regularly for years and then just being born into this infrastructure again that normalizes the trauma that they caused is to normalize in a patriarchal society that black men men period are just not as responsible for the children that they tend to partake in having um but just as much as you can have an absentee father which is the more normalized standard in our patriarchal society you can have an absentee mother you can have absentee both parents can be absentee in this situation um and i think it's an it's important to address that regardless if you even have parents in if regardless if you have two parents in your household you can still be raised by absentee parents if they do not have the emotional um maturity level to relate to you and to bear a nurturing space for you to grow um which is kind of relates to what i said as sometimes we are raised by wounded children and when you're raised by a wounded child who has never been given space to have the kind of conversations that even their child is trying to present in front of them it is very difficult space to navigate nonetheless especially in a household where the conversation is adults are adults and children need to stay in a child's place if you are growing up in that infrastructure of a home there isn't much space for you to address the situation at hand which is no matter the age group sometimes in these circumstances the child can be more mature than the parent and the child can have more emotional um cognitive cognizance i don't know what that word is but you know what i'm trying to say um then the parent and when you're dealing in that space it makes your life infrastructure a debate and you are constantly trying to debate the fact that you have a certain level of emotional intelligence that is just not protected nurtured or cared for in your home environment yeah so with absentee parents whether that's emotionally absent or physically absent as being raised by one parent in a one parent household where i feel like i was raised in a absentee space <clears throat> none of the people in my direct home had the opportunity to resolve their childhood traumas and woundings prior to having children none of them not even the generation that raised the people my family was raised by now that i'm an adult and i've been able to have the conversations that i've needed to have with certain people um it was very evident to me that i was in an infrastructure that was enabling ch- a child raising a child and that's why i have very specific opinions on people having children when i believe that they are not ready I've worked alongside kids in a nonprofit and when I worked with children I was able to really let go of my disdain for the ideology of having children but I began more so to just want to protect the children that are here. There's a lot of children um that are produced in our society that are produced in spaces that I'm going to say something but do not deserve children. It's very normalized to have children as a means of your relationship versus wanting to nurture and grow a child. A lot of people are having children as a means of an aesthetic because of social media and trying to aspire for the pictures, the photo opportunities, just baby fever, quote unquote. Hate that shit. Um <laughs> There's a lot of people who are having children for financial gain. There are people who have children to trap 
people, vice versa, male and female. There are, if you have conversations with the women around you, ask them how many men have told them they are trying to get them pregnant, okay? This is not just a ideology of women wanting and trying to trap men for financial reasons or whatever, relationship reasons, whatever the case is. It's a two-way street, which is just toxic and unhealthy and ugly. I'm sorry. I just, I, I hate it. There's a lot of people having children who still have the emotional growth of a child because they have not healed their inner child and have not addressed the traumatizing things that have occurred to them throughout their childhood and they have not had the conversations they needed to have with their parents about the things that have happened. Um, Therefore, they want to have children as a means of trying to fight against, you know, that construct but then the reality is they just time they tend to just replicate the same process of the parent that they had especially like when you're always trying to not be like someone um for instance if you have a disdain toward one of your parental figures and you're trying to do everything in your power to not be like them and not do things like them you typically tend to embody characteristics of those people whether you are conscious about it or not And I think having that as the core reason why you choose to have a child is typically when you end up in this foggy place of raising a child exactly like how you were raised subconsciously because you're not in your consciousness while you're actively raising children. Yeah. Just off the top of my head. (laughs) But absentee parents so there's always the you know conversation of like daddy issues and mommy issues but I just think people have issues period I think if you have not if you have time today sometime this week just sit down and write out on a piece of paper the things that happened to you as a child whether it happened from a school situation with like friends or if it's happening amongst your mother or your father or your family members or the relationships you experience as a kid, write them all out in front of you so you can directly hold the parties responsible for putting you in a certain situation. And I feel like when you do that act, you would be able to specifically correlate how maybe your father being verbally abusive to your mother could relate to the fact that you tend to date men now in your adult life that don't respect you as highly as you would want to be respected um or you tend to attract specific kinds of men that emulate your father's archetype which is exactly what you did not want to do Um, Or you could have the instance of your parents being in a very social light relationship. And I say that in the sense like when they go out, when you go out as a unit together, it's a very pleasant experience and everyone's on their best performance. But behind closed doors, in intimate settings, in your home, it is a toxic environment, whether there is verbal abuse whether there's physical abuse, whether um, someone is disrespecting another person, vice versa, um, that would then, I feel like, train you to learn how to put on a presentation and perform for others in your adult life. You are now going out into the world making sure all your T's are crossed and your I's are dot, but your home life, your core self, you're not, you have not addressed the core issues. You have not looked in the mirror for instance michael jackson man in the mirror we'll listen to it (laughs) but these are like just a few things like there's honestly lists and lists and lists of things but i'm trying to also get through the other things i want to talk about but overall having absentee parents can translate to it translates directly to you being absentee in your adult life, whether you are absent in your emotional needs, whether you're absent in your physical needs, whether, <laughs> literally, <laughs> whether you're absent in 
a relationship. As soon as you get into a relationship, you disassociate. Like, absentee parents will translate to you being absent in other spaces in your adult life. Being micromanaged as a child or having a helicopter parent. So, like, this would be, like, the difference. You have an absentee parent who, like, really doesn't focus too much on your specific needs or isn't there for you. Um you don't feel protected by these people than to having someone who's trying to hyper protect you but in that instance it's really control it's a power thing it's a power struggle um maybe more than likely something happened to your parent who is like this if they're constantly trying to triple triple quadruple check and manage everything that you're doing and they don't allow you to be an individual outside of them um, but also take into consideration all these things can interlap and intersect and exist amongst one another. You can have an absentee parent who is absent for years out of your life and then come into your life and then try to micromanage what you're doing. And it doesn't relate, it doesn't connect, but again, the title is always so quote-unquote, like this is your family or this is your dad or this is your mother, so you're, especially in a cultural you know background you're made to believe that you need to respect whether the person is in and out and being an absentee parent or not that when they come back you have to accept it which is here's your cue here is your sign you do not need to do anything you do not want to do you do not need to speak to anyone you do not want to speak to you do not need to made to feel uncomfortable okay Give me one second, someone is calling me, and I will be back on helicopter micromanaging parents. Hey guys. <laughs> so, I look different than the last time I was filming, if you're watching this on YouTube, and um, the only reason that is, is because last video I was like oh someone's calling me then I went from someone calling me to me watching like the astrologer that I follows live and then had once I finished watching the astrologers live my grandma hit me up so I went to go hang out with her and I ended up spending spending a couple days with her so now we're a few days later but I'm continuing where I left off. I was about to get into being micromanaged or having helicopter parents. I think when you are micromanaged by your parent, you don't properly know how to form decisions for yourself or in your adult life. You begin to like second guess and question the decisions you make for yourself because as a child, you are constantly told what to do or what was acceptable or what was allowed or everything kind of in that same ballpark so I think it can be quite difficult when you are an adult and you finally get to have um, freedom for yourself in that sense and it's not received well either you feel like by others or you feel like by yourself like there's a constant second guessing of your power and you tend to um second guess consistently yourself your own decisions the decisions and the autonomy of your own body and I feel like in those cases you tend to grow into an adult that has difficulty standing in their decisions and being confident about the choices they make for themselves because that right was kind of taken away from you as a child. I believe also it leads to a lot of quote-unquote devious children. Um, Normally the children that come from very, very strict homes go to school or have friends or get into relationships with just someone completely opposing their parents' guideline that they kind of created and how they were raised. Um, It leads to children um being mischievous and trying to rebel in all ways possible and trying to just get so far away from the rules that they have in their household that they're willing to kind of do anything at school and be in any situation and have any kind of friend and talk to the most quote-unquote bad boy you know or bad girl just to try to find um, balance i think they're searching for 
uh, balance within themselves and trying to feel like they have control over their own lives when parents tend to go overboard as far as trying to, they believe, I think, um, keep their child safe. But sometimes it goes beyond just keeping your child safe. It's more along the lines of wanting your child to either be exactly like you or completely different from you. You know, you are trying to control the image and narrative of someone else's story because you believe that because you're an adult and you took part in this person being on this earth that you can create decisions for them. Overall, absentee parents, hyper, um, hyperactive, I don't want to say hyperactive because a hyperactive parent can be a good thing, but from absentee parents to micromanaging, helicopter, super strict parents, both outcomes lead to something, you know, in your adult life. So take that as you do. Yeah, so this next um, topic that I have is a little touchy because it occurs heavily within Black Caribbean indigenous households beating Uh, your children slash I put having oddly strict punishments for a child I completely 100% believe that adults who got beaten as children and had terrible punishments then become parents who do the same and they kind of justify it in their heads as well, my parent did this to me, and because they're not healed and don't have the will to address the issues that occurred within their own childhood, they then reciprocate the same energy, so to speak. So overall, I just think hitting children for obscure reasons and just hitting children, period, they have obscure punishments and have this fascination I feel like with hitting their kids and thinking that will change things. I can speak for myself coming from a Haitian household. I don't know about you guys but I had to ajenu. So when you have to ajenu it's basically kneeling. You basically have to kneel on your knees and face a wall, a corner, or whatever. But take that into account. You're doing this on your bare knees for hours plus okay you are kneeling on your knees for hours staring at a wall for it could be something as mundane as getting like a fucking c or not finishing your homework and your teacher being up like your teacher's like i'm gonna call your parent you know shit like that and a lot of white teachers i think do that purposely to black children to see if when the child comes back to school the next day they have a different demeanor that's a whole nother fucking topic okay because my fourth grade teacher is a bitch (laughs) and she sent me to the fucking police officer on school campus okay it was for a valid reason but she was a bitch regardless anyway let's not talk about her all right this is this is not my story let's get (laughs) Well, it is my story, but this is, that wasn't necessary. (laughs) Anyways, so, yeah, I don't know what it is, but for me personally, because of my experience with my punishments as a a child, um, I was not a bad child. I really didn't do too many, like, outrageous things. My, uh, I don't even know what you call it, but me just being a kid, um resulted sometimes and me making I guess you could say a poor decision as a kid resulted in me receiving these obscure weird punishments and I just think it's inhumane like I don't know how more else to explain it and like sometimes within black and caribbean households uh your parents will give people who are not your parents random fucking adults who have no power over you and your body the privilege to also punish you or the privilege to also hit you and for whatever reason have no problem in seeing the issue with that this is just i just think being beaten as a child and being punished 
outrageously for mundane things that kids just experience and do um will later on relate to people not knowing how to properly address situations being scared to confront people with truth because you're you have like fucking ptsd from what the response might be um you could also lead into abusive either emotionally or physically abusive um, relationships later on in your life and try to normalize that to yourself. Um, I feel like you can have just poor communication skills because you're just constantly moving through life out of fear of punishment for things that people have no ability to do over you. And I'm going to leave it at that, okay? Something that I also experienced as a child, I would say, is being forced to be around people or be in environments that you weren't comfortable in. I think a lot of the times parents like to put on shows for other parents, other family members. People just like acting in this uh, capitalistic, entertainment-filled society. And I think that comes from people again not knowing how to properly communicate with one another and not having healthy spaces and safe spaces to build trust in so when i say being forced to be around people for instance like i know within my own story and within some of my peers and family members that have shared with me especially in again black caribbean indigenous cultured households there is like a lingering story of like a weird fucking uncle or you know a person in the family who does these really dangerous acts to children who still gets invited to family events and sometimes that doesn't come out until everyone's like in adult years later on in their life but i always do know that there's a lingering story rumor or whatever but before the child even knows more than likely a kid will tell you up front because kids are really receptive to energy. When they are telling you that they do not like someone or they think something suspicious about someone, and an adult, the person who is supposed to protect them, someone who is supposed to um, give them and allow them to be in safe spaces where they feel comfortable being a child in, it's not reciprocated. Like, children will explain or tell you their discomfort or tell you they don't want to go somewhere and instead of you know really taking time I feel like to have a conversation with said child a lot of the times adults parents guardians whomever will not necessarily care and will use the setting like let's say it's a fucking holiday and the weird uncle is invited And the kid doesn't like going to the house, period. Like, anyways, maybe it's because the bad energy in the house. Maybe it's because they see ghosts. Maybe because they don't fucking like their cousins. Whatever the case is, I feel like kids have reasons. And a lot of the times they're just not listened to and given a space to be heard. Um, And they end up being put in this dangerous environment where that fucking person in the house will make them feel uncomfortable. They will see the lingering eyes. You will get caught up in a fucking hallway trying to go into the restroom and like those are moments where pivotal things happen to kids it literally takes no more than fucking five seconds for something dangerous to happen to a child that makes them feel very uncomfortable and unsafe and i feel like every time adults inconvenience children to convenience themselves they are establishing a unhealthy space for a child who later becomes an adult to not know how to set boundaries or they overly set boundaries and don't want to be around anyone and they become very antisocial whether it's one or the other Um, it comes from spaces and times like that where you consistently vocalize how someone doesn't make you feel good or feel safe or feel you know you don't feel like you could be yourself in a certain space and you are forced to be put into these spaces or that home, or that environment, or with that person, and something later on, you know, God forbid, possibly, for a lot of people it has happened, something dangerous has happened, and 
it's not addressed and now the child starts acting differently for the rest of their childhood years and you as a parent didn't do your job in that moment to address the situation at the first hand you know you just continued to convenience yourself for the sake of fucking eating like thanksgiving dinner or for the sake of having somewhere to drop off your kid so you can go do who knows what or for the sake of just continuing to be ignorant you know i can speak for myself because this has happened to me multiple times where i've just been put in environments that i just did not feel comfortable in or i felt like there was a person in like even if it was a safe environment there would be a person that would intrude that safe environment and the family knew about it and the family just didn't speak about it and it just continued on and you know god forbid something happened to someone else in that space and now everyone's suffering the repercussions of that one moment or those many years of where no one spoke about anything because these people are not healed enough to create spaces to have conversations they are they don't want to address the traumas of what happened to them because maybe even that's a person who affected your parent you know like your parent your uncle your whatever you know like it's just so close to home or it's a friend you know like a parent's friend group or there's just so many places and people and spaces that I just feel like kids are put in that are dangerous and sometimes more than likely they will try to signal something and it's just a matter of if they're heard or not and that will later on develop an adult who doesn't feel heard or doesn't feel seen in spaces or constantly has anxiety when going into parties and I genuinely don't feel like anxiety is a thing I feel like an anxiety is a response of your subconscious relating certain actions in your everyday life to traumas or relating certain actions in your life to just media consumption of toxicity like anxiety I genuinely think is not a real physical thing that people can inhibit and be born with I don't think people are born with a lot of um, quote-unquote mental illnesses. Uh, I made a video about this on my TikTok, but I just don't think that some of these ailments that our society is trying to normalize within our communities and spaces actually exist, but they later on exist because multiple people are self-diagnosing themselves with these things or multiple um, people are assimilating themselves to these things because they just have a lot of unresolved trauma and difficulties that have not ever been addressed in their adult years. I think it's like a generational thing where, I don't know what generation that is before millennials. I'm just gonna call them boomers. (laughs) But boomers versus like millennials and Gen Z, I guess I think that's like the three that are coexisting, I guess, as of right now. But within those spaces, a lot of boomers or people who are raised by boomers are essentially trying to water down the fact that these traumas exist and have not been resolved and are consistent in their lives daily and they show up in their daily behaviors, which is why they act the way they act. And a lot of our parents are, I would say, those collective group of people who were raised by boomers, if not our boomers. And they're in this in-between space of not knowing how to speak up for themselves because they are entrapped children you are being raised by kids who are traumatized who don't have a voice to speak up for themselves because they never had a safe space to begin with next (laughs) so i i'm kind of wrapping these into one i would say i said no communications of feelings within your childhood and not having a safe emotional place Again, it just comes, I think, all down to being raised by people with unresolved trauma um, who don't know how to properly communicate their feelings or never speak about anything or their parents never spoke about anything of actual substance. So then now when you have a child who is constantly um, questioning your 
teachings or your methods or kind of you feel like they're questioning you and they're disrespecting you and I'm putting air quotes here because I don't believe that's disrespect by having a truthful conversation um I think a lot of the times how I say things is perceived to people by being quote-unquote disrespectful but I just speak with a monotone tone and I'm not raising my voice I'm just speaking and I'm asking questions and I think being asked questions by an intelligent person who doesn't second guess themselves makes people second guess themselves and then that continues the cycle of projection and that is a projection of their ego now that you're fighting with you're no longer fighting with the person in front of you or having a conversation with the person in front of you you are in an argument all of a sudden by having a conversation because you are dealing with traumatized children in an adult form and it's very hard to get people who are so stuck in their ways so they think Um, but I just believe it's really just not wanting to adapt and change and confront the traumas that actually built you into the person you are because then you would have to take a lot of accountability for the fact that you damaged another generation of people and nobody wants to be the quote-unquote bad guy but a lot of people are the bad guy and I think normally the people who are perceived as being mean because they're honest are results of projection. Hi, hello, my name is Anastasia. (laughs) But seriously, like, I've been in so many conflicts with adults my entire life because I feel like I came into this world very sure of who I was and who I am and I came in very confidently and even when I wasn't confident my confidence was only disintegrated by my family you know like I was never kids are mean sure but they're mean because of their family I genuinely think I think there are people who are born with bad spirits sure but I do think a lot of the times people who are not raised in actual loving homes And when I say loving homes, I mean a house full of love, full of abundant love, full of unconditional love. People have not realized and really faced what love looks like. And a lot of people don't know what love is. And it is very difficult to raise children in a place that has never had love in it. Genuinely. Like, I just am not sure uh, how that even happens I don't like it's really it's that's something that doesn't click for me is just having mass amounts of children in a world that does not know what love is stop having kids for fucking social media and fucking um relationship issues and financial gains and have a child because you want to bear a new person and you want to cultivate a space of love and abundant and unconditional love, and you want to show a person how to live in a world of that. To me, it sounds very easy, but (laughs) I don't know what's going on, okay? (laughs) But yeah, these are just the last two. But seeing toxic relationships and that being normalized within a child, I feel like it's pretty, if you're catching my drift, it kind of goes hand in hand. You aren't raised in a household full of love. Your parents, whether they are married, not married, together, not together, the house that you were in, you had no example of a healthy partnership. When you don't have a proper example of a healthy partnership, or someone who just loves themselves and had a child out of love because of those things, you as an adult will not know what love looks like. You will not know how to create proper healthy boundaries to establish a healthy and loving connection. You as an adult will face and have struggles and tribulations with 
trying to justify someone's toxic behaviors because that's what you know and what you're used to and the normalization on social media and in spaces um you're gonna constantly feel like you need to fight for your love and fight to be loved and try to convince people to love you because you didn't have a place at your core root foundation that established love domestic violence results of those things um emotional abuse results because of those things um seeing those patterns within your household so closely in a place that's supposed to protect you normally those are i feel like a lot of households have held the most danger you know it's for me again i'm going to use this outlandish kind of metaphor but that's the same for church to me like this is supposed to be a home of worship and a lot of the times these churches are built for financial gain or built from a narcissist who just wants to preach and build um a cult like following or it's created because there's a disturbing person in who has a power complex who wants to build a place that people won't question what's going on behind the closed door in a lot of those spaces where traumas are not properly addressed they cultivate they cultivate energy of just toxicity of hate of lies of trauma bonding of delusion i've heard many many stories from people who continue to worship whatever you choose to worship that's not the point but people who still continue to go to these spaces that have been attacked sexually in these spaces and because you get attacked as a child you tend to if you don't have the will to address your issues within your core foundation of your life you will continue to inhibit yourself inhibit others you will continue to affect others in your life negatively you will continue to not lead a life of love and you can't find love that you're looking for if that's the case it's impossible i don't believe it's not fair for a person who is healthy moving through love through light through grace who experience this lifestyle um to put up and try to work through the mud with a person who is still living in a delusional life and is still not ready to address the issues at hand and is still not ready to humble themselves and have a little bit of ego death and <laughs> humiliation if you think that's what that is um your truth shouldn't be humiliating the trauma that happened to you shouldn't cause you to feel less about yourself the trauma you inflict on others should and it's rightfully so i don't think that we should normalize consistently trying to bring up people who are not ready to face the reason they're so low i think it's time we wake everyone up collectively i think it's time that we directly address our core issues within our own foundation so that we can do the changes that we need to do for self so that we can inhabit the lives that we want to exist in i find it very hard to watch people in everyday life do shit so obliviously and move through life so carelessly it's not making sense to me The only thing that we know of this lifetime is literally that we will die one day. And as that being something that we can all agree will occur at least on this physical plane, you should be willing to make any and all changes so that you can live a life of love actually, not a life of fake love, not a life of material love, not a life of social media love. 
(laughs) not a life of praise, not a life of God complexes and narcissism, a life of love, abundant, pure love, moving through your heart space consistently throughout your life. Because when you do that, you attract people and you attract a life of love to you. And the only way we will be able to cultivate this society to move any more forward is by doing so. So this is why I say this. I'm wrapping up this entire thing. Me. (laughs) I'm wrapping up this entire podcast by saying this. As of now, if you have not checked the people in your life who directly affected you and the traumas that you have had, you need to. You need to hold people accountable for the actions that they inflicted on you, especially negatively. And you praise people in your life who have positively affected you. That's just what it is. You want to make a change? You want to live a life of love? You want to attract the partner you've been looking for? You want to be able to manifest your reality? Do the work. Do the self-work. Be honest with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the negative things that you do. Write it down. Write down all the negative traits you believe you have. And if you can't name one, you're not looking hard enough. And the only reason that I'm able to speak the way that I speak and look at myself the way that I look at myself, honestly, is because I've been looking at myself my entire life. I've been living this life alone. And I've looked at myself and I've done the fucking work. I've worked for the person that I am to be able to talk my shit and back that shit the fuck up tenfold, okay? People around me, and I'm saying people around me who see me, because there's people around me and there's people that will be in your life who won't be able to see you. And not everyone is meant to see you, but I'm going to tell you this. The people that see me know everything about me that I do, that I stand on, that I speak with, that I share my life with is valid. There is no one who can say things negatively about me and actually mean that shit. All my actions match up. And if my actions were not matching up, I was moving through a traumatized state. I was being triggered in that moment. And even in those moments, I do not negatively affect any other fucking person around me. I deal with my shit by myself. I do not sit here and project my reality onto others. My reality is love. That's my reality. So if, my re- if, me- if I'm projecting onto you my reality, I'm projecting love into you. I am loving you because I choose to love you because that is what my life is about. My life is about love. My life is not about people-pleasing. My life is not about trying to get liked. My life is not about being around people falsely that I don't fucking like, that have negative fucking traits about themselves, and trying to push up on them for fucking social media shit. My life is genuine. I am living my life very intentionally. Everything I do in my life is intentional. I worked for this shit. I came here for a reason, okay? (laughs) And I just want everyone to remember that they all came here for a reason. Everybody chose to be here. So if you chose to be here, do the work so that you cannot be here how you are again. You need to face your traumas, face the issues at hand, fuck the system, fuck the simulation, fuck the matrix, fuck all that shit. Deal with yourself because you are a direct contributing factor. You are player one. So don't let people sit around. I hate when people try to tell people that it's not their life is not about them. If you're moving through ego, of course you can try to humble somebody and be like, your life is whatever. Everybody's life is about them. And just as much as their life is about them, it's about the person in their life. If you meet another person, if you get blessed enough to be in someone's presence, whether negative or positive, you 
were in that situation to learn something because if they're negative and you continue to let them be in your life that is a learning lesson for you to take mobilize yourself do more self-work and check it check the reason why the negativity is coming but also don't forget as more as you become enlightened and positive and try to reach fulfillment for yourself of course negativity is going to come but when you have and move through love you'll be able to have more discernment and i just hope you all have an amazing goddamn day (laughs) i hope you love yourself a little bit more today tomorrow whenever you hear this and i hope that you do what you need to do to have the life you want to have regardless of what that is but be very careful about things that you continue to do on this earth. Be very careful about your character that you show every time you do an action while you are on this goddamn planet. I wish you all a great day. I wish you all to move with more intention in your life and take life fucking seriously because life is not a joke for everybody. It can be a joke for you. You can have fun, so you think. And not be fulfilled for the rest of your life if you choose to. But stop including people who care about themselves in your mission. Karma is a bitch. And that's that on that. Okay, love y'all. Have a great day. Podcast number four will come out when it comes out. And I love this episode. And au revoir.